Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. For the 2021 Profit Approved Podcast with your host, Calvin Ryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. How is it going this fantastic August 3rd afternoon? We've got a special podcast for you today. We've got a very special, maybe the most special podcast for this entire year. Because as you heard in the intro, the dramatic intro that I made about three minutes ago, today, is the Profit Approved Podcast. That's right. The key to fantasy success in 2021, it's all right here on this podcast. Over the past month or so, I've been compiling lists of players that I'm really high on, then taking some out because their ADPs have risen to a certain point that I'm not comfortable drafting at, then throwing them back in because this happened and that happened. And now, here we are, a few weeks out from regular season, starting a lot of fantasy drafts happening these next couple weekends. And the Profit Approved Podcast is dropping to give you my favorite players based on several circumstances, both ADP, value, and expectations. And yeah, that's that's really what this is. Biggest hit of last year's Profit Approved Podcast was Antonio Gibson. He was pretty uh, unknown at the time of recording, and he turned out to be a fantasy star. I love him this year. He doesn't appear on this list, sadly, just based on his ADP. I, I, I still love him, but just didn't want to, it wasn't like a, yeah, Antonio Gibson. It's like a, yeah, Antonio Gibson. He's, he's good. But yeah, this list is basically players that I am targeting in every single draft. And I think you should be targeting in every single draft as well. And then I've got three bonus profit-approved deep sleepers that I'm throwing in there as well. So it is going to be a good show. It's going to be an entertaining show. It's going to be a fun show. It's going to be very fast and upbeat because I have classes. I have college classes here starting in, gosh, about 60, 60 minutes, a little less than an hour. So I'll have to book it through this one. Uh, but the number one, well, these these aren't in any particular order, but the first profit-approved player based on when I made him profit-approved is Jalen Hurts. That is right. Jalen Hurts, he appears on the profit-approved podcast. I don't think anyone's surprised. I basically deemed him profit-approved at the end of last season, and my my feelings about him have not changed. In fact, uh, when they drafted Devontae Smith, one of the best rookie wide receivers, I didn't decide to dislike Jalen Hurts. And his ADP hasn't risen too much. It's still pretty late. It's in the middle of the, the ninth round, I believe. Yes, 9.05, exactly right there in the middle. And I think that he is a screaming value and he is the the probably the, has the most upside out of any quarterback this year in fantasy football. Look, week 15 against Arizona, 34 fantasy points. There are very few players in the NFL who can put up 34 fantasy points, 338 passing yards, three touchdowns, and then he rushed for 63 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He showed us last year 
that the rushing ability gave him a super safe floor. Against New Orleans, he had 167 yards and one touchdown. That's a pretty bad game. But throwing the 106 rush yards, suddenly he's borderline top 12 player. Uh, Even against Washington, he got benched in the third quarter. Uh, He only had 72 yards, zero touchdowns because of that rushing ability. Because he added 34 yards on the ground and two rushing touchdowns, he had a solid fantasy game. So Jalen Hurts has a safe floor because he has great rushing ability and he has a really high floor because he now has Devontae Smith. He he looks very sharp as a passer in preseason and he still has the ability to rush in one or two touchdowns a game. That's an extra 12 points that most quarterbacks aren't capable of scoring. So Jalen Hurts will be a fantasy league winner this year. He's not going very high in drafts some people have, have said, hey, look at this running quarterback who has an improved team. He, we should draft him. But a lot of people still dislike Jalen Hurts. And I'm, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the NFL. But from a fantasy football perspective, he could be the best fantasy quarterback in the NFL. So Jalen Hurts, profit approved, draft him with full confidence. We got his full-size helmet back there too. Big fan of Jalen Hurts. We're going to keep it in the realm of the quarterbacks as we go to the second profit-approved player, Kyler Murray. Now, I know you're saying, why is this guy profit-approved? He's, he's being drafted as like a top two, top three quarterback. And I know. And most times when a quarterback is being drafted early, I say, stay away. Like I say with Patrick Mahomes, I say, stay away from Patrick Mahomes. I, I'm not drafting him there. Kyler Murray, fourth round, pretty early for a quarterback. Uh, it's, he's going around Lamar Jackson. He's really, it's Mahomes, Josh Allen, and then Murray and Jackson. Those are the quarterbacks being drafted. And I would tell you to stay away from all of them except for one. Kyler Murray, I think, is fine to draft in that range because I think that uh, if there's someone to have a record-breaking quarterback season this year, it would be Kyler Murray. He has even better rushing abilities than Jalen Hurts. He can easily win you a week on the ground. And then he has amazing arm talent. He can easily put up 25, 30 points just through the air. And then he's got amazing weapons in A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella. He's got James Conner. He's got got Chase Edmonds. This team is loaded with offensive weapons. And Kyler Murray, he's he's honestly one of my my MVP candidates. I think he will have just an insane season this year in terms of Fantasy production, stats, loading up the stat sheet. I'm not saying Arizona's going to win the Super Bowl with Kyler Murray this year. No, I I don't think that'll happen. But no one is going to be putting up numbers like Kyler Murray this year. Mahomes won't, Allen won't, Lamar Jackson won't. Kyler Murray will be the number one quarterback in fantasy football this year. He is profit approved. And if you want a quarterback early in the draft, Kyler Murray is your guy. All righty, up next, this one I don't think is a surprise for anyone else, but Travis Etienne, he is also profit approved. Uh, His ADP went pretty high before preseason started. People were drafting him pretty early in the fourth round. I wasn't super comfortable with that, but but the first week of preseason didn't go super well for him. He didn't really get the ball much. He wasn't on the field too much. His ADP dropped to 411, end of fourth, early fifth round. Uh, which I am comfortable taking him once again. Uh, we will see how the second and third preseason weeks go. This is being recorded before they play the second week. But Travis Etienne, 
is the the closest player uh, that uh, comparable to Alvin Kamara, I would say, where we have a running back in a tandem system with a good running back in that tandem system. And you say, that is ugly. I don't want a piece of that. I don't want a uh, RBBC. I don't want that. And that's fine. I, I understand. I'm here with you pretty much 99% of the time, except for a few situations. When the two running backs have completely different skill sets and, and a coach has shown confidence in them, then I start to change my tune. With Travis Etienne, he is as different from James Robinson as he can get at the running back position. James Robinson, he's bigger, he's slower, he's a ground pound runner, and he, he's, he's great, but he's not a playmaker. Travis Etienne, he is a playmaker. He's the guy who has the home runs. He, he goes up the gut 80-yard, bursts through the middle, takes a screen pass, takes a slant. He's a, a dual threat running back. He's great as a pass catcher, not just competent. He is amazing. They drafted him instead of a wide receiver. They wanted Kadarius Tony, a wide receiver. Kadarius Tony wasn't available, so they took Travis Etienne saying, we will use him as a wide receiver and a running back. So when we have that, I'm not scared of James Robinson because I have confidence that when James Robinson is in the backfield, ETN will be out wide, playing as a receiver, eligible to score PPR points. So in PPR leagues, Travis ETN is one of my favorite running backs this year. Uh, It's a situation uncannily similar to Alvin Kamara's several years back. And if you recall, people doubted Kamara early on. I was a fan of him. I didn't think he would be what he was now, but I I learned my mistake with that. Travis Etienne, I have full confidence in. He is profit approved. All righty, on to the next one. This is another running back. This is a rookie running back, Javante Williams. Look, if you want a workhorse rookie running back, you got to spend a very early draft pick on them because everyone gets excited about rookies, especially when it seems like they have a, a clear backfield, a, a clear path to volume. That's why Najee Harris is going pretty early in the second round at this point. But there's a running back who I think will have a massive workload very early in the season, uh, both as a pass catcher and a runner. I think he'll get a lot of goal line opportunities. And that is Javante Williams. The only difference between him and and other rookie running backs is he's being drafted uh, in the middle of the sixth round next to Mike Davis and Chase Edmonds and, and Kareem Hunt next to handcuffs. He's not a backup. This isn't uh, Melvin Gordon's the one uh, Javante Williams is a two. No, this is uh, Javante might be the one. And if he's not the one, he's a 1B to the 1A. And Melvin Gordon, I loved Melvin Gordon. I had him like four years in a row. But he is not in his prime anymore. He's still capable, but he's not in his prime anymore. And Javante Williams will be able to overtake him pretty early in the season. They spent draft capital on him. We've seen some great things in preseason. Javante Williams will be the main running back at the end of the season when you look at who had the most touches, who had the most yard. He will be... The one in Denver. If it happens week one, I don't know. What happens week two, I don't know. But it will happen sooner than later. Whereas a lot of these other rookie running backs, such as Trey Sermon, I say, hey, it might be like week eight. But Javante Williams, he's the one where I say, no, he really might have sustainable volume in week one and week two. So he is profit approved because people are doubting his early on workload. I am not, though. 
I know the talent. I know that I have seen enough of him in college and preseason to be fully in on him. And with only Melvin Gordon standing in the way between him and fantasy glory, I am taking that pick in the sixth round every time. Javante Williams is profit approved. Moving on. We've got David Montgomery. We've got David Montgomery. I, I, I've been saying buy low on David Montgomery. I've had good luck when it comes to predicting David Montgomery's success in the past uh, year or two. And this year, I was talking, hey, buy low on David Montgomery. And I still think you can because I still think he might disappoint for the first like three, four weeks. But with Justin Fields having a possibility of being the starter pretty early in the season, this offense has a lot of upside. We've seen when dual threat quarterbacks, even if they're raw, aren't super ready to play, they help the running back. Look how look at Miles Sanders' production when Jalen Hurts came in uh, into that offense. It, he soared. And that's the same with David Montgomery. With a quarterback who can extend plays and make the defense a little scared, David Montgomery was not just good, he was the number one running back in fantasy football from weeks eight through 16. He was the number one running back. And he is being drafted in the fourth round, tied with Chris Carson. And Josh Josh Jacobs is going above him. What have those people done to make you believe they are worthy on your team above David Montgomery? What have they done? David Montgomery has an opportunity on his team to be the, the, the focus point with, with Justin Fields, he'll, he'll have to hit a bank on David Montgomery as a runner and a pass catcher. And Tariq Cohen, okay, he's back. But he tore his ACL. He's not going to be the same. Uh, there are reports that his recovery isn't even going well. He's a non-factor at this point. David Montgomery is a workhorse running back who can pass, who can catch the ball, who can stay on the field as a pass blocker, and who's great in between the tackles. He's a workhorse three down back. And he showed us last year he's talented enough to be the best producer in fantasy points. And people say, screw you, I'm taking Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs. Makes no sense to me. Makes absolutely no sense to me. David Montgomery, draft him with confidence. He is profit approved. Justin Jefferson, he's the first wide receiver on this list. Justin Jefferson had a fa- fantastic Rookie season, absolutely amazing rookie season. 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. He was he was a superstar. And he showed us uh, the ability to put up massive performances as, as well as string together consistent good performances. He had uh, week three against Tennessee, 27 points. Week six against Atlanta, 35 points. He was amazing last year. Finished as uh, the number six fantasy wide receiver altogether. And that was only with seven touchdowns. His teammate, Adam Thielen, stole a lot of those touchdowns. And Adam Thielen is still there, and he will get his share of touchdowns. But 14 touchdowns to seven touchdowns. Thielen's 14. I would predict at least four of those transfer over to Justin Jefferson. So suddenly we're looking at a player who I think is capable, once again, of repeating that 1,400 yards and now 11 touchdowns? Four, that's 16, uh, 6, 12, 18, 24 more fantasy points for the number six wide receiver. That would put him 
Last year, I said 24 more points. That put him at 30, 40, 50, 254 fantasy points, making him an easy lock as a top three receiver. Not too far off from uh, from the top dogs, such as Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs. And he's going after a lot of players. Like he, he's He's being drafted early, but I think that he will at least replicate last year and more. So so I'm saying at the least I think his floor is last year. The ceiling though, the the middle prediction would be uh top 5, top 4 where he has the 1400 yards and 11 touchdowns. I think that's the medium prediction. The ceiling though we haven't even talked about. What if he gets six more touchdowns because Kirk Cousins throws touchdowns? What if he what if he does? What if he gets a few more yards too? Because he he didn't really start till week two and three. Suddenly we're looking at someone who's potentially the number one wide receiver. So his floor is very high. His floor is top eight. His is his, you know, fair conservative prediction is top five, honestly. And his ceiling is number one. So if you're looking at him at the second round, anywhere in the second round might not be a value pick, but it's a good pick. Not everything has to be a screaming value. Sometimes he's drafted appropriately and it's still a good pick. And that's how I feel about Justin Jefferson. I'm very confident that he continues this phenomenal start to his career. Up next, we've got Brandon Ayuk. I don't have a ton to say about him because I talked about him like uh, two podcasts ago. He's extremely talented. He can be the main wide receiver in this offense. And if Trey Lance steps in, uh, his fantasy production will soar. Uh, he's a little more of a sleeper. Uh, so so I, I put him on the profit proof because I'm confident that he will far outperform his ADP. And I think his ceiling is very high. I think he has top 12 ceiling. Uh, so I did throw him on this list. Calvin Ridley is also on this list as a wide receiver because... I think he has a legitimate shot to be the number one overall wide receiver next year. Uh, he's shown us some really great things in the past. You know, he was, he was what, number four overall receiver last year. And now Julio Jones is gone. He's the number one guy in Atlanta. A pass-heavy offense that is consistently playing from behind. Give me as much Calvin Ridley as you can. I, I think that if there's someone being drafted in the second round who I had to, a wide receiver being drafted, in the second round that I had to place my bets on being the number one guy. We were choosing now from Diggs, Ridley, Hopkins, Jefferson. I would put my money on Ridley. He would be my number one choice. And he's being drafted usually a bit earlier than Justin Jefferson. Both of them going around the same range. I think both of them are phenomenal picks in that second round who will be legitimate top five wide receivers this year. So Calvin Ridley, he makes the profit approved list this year. We've got two more, or three more actually, wide receivers. C.D. Lamb is on this list. I've talked about him a lot. I am a massive fan of C.D. Lamb. He's going in the middle of the fourth round, so he's not really a massive value at this point. But well, but if he if he performs the way we expect he is, but but in terms of drafts, he's not like oh what what's he doing in the ninth round? No, but he's still going to outperform uh, where he's being drafted. Look, he finished last year as the 20th wide receiver overall, close to 1,000 yards. He had 935 yards, five touchdowns, and he did this, a fantastic rookie season. 
that was overshadowed by Justin Jefferson. People would be freaking out about uh, Lamb if Justin Jefferson didn't exist. But he did this great rookie season with Ben DiNucci and Andy Dalton. He gets Dak Prescott back. What more do I need to say? I know Amari Cooper is there, but Cooper has been pretty hurt this offseason. He's missed almost all of training camp and preseason. Uh, and and C.D. Lamb will have an opportunity to overtake him this year as the number one wide receiver on the Dallas Cowboys. And there's enough volume that I think that means that doesn't mean that Amari Cooper is going to be trash or anything. I think that it's very realistic both C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper finish the season as top 12 wide receivers. I think that could easily happen. There's enough volume, but I'm just saying they're both top 12. Which is the one who's top five uh, that has the massive league winning season? I would put my money on CD Lamb. The upside is unbelievable. He's he's just an extraordinarily extraordinarily talented wide receiver who who showed so many flashes last year of being able to be an elite player in the future. And with Dak Prescott back, I am fully in on CD Lamb. He is profit approved. Next is Jerry Judy. We're going to finish up the wide receivers. Jerry Judy has had some struggles with drops last year, but also he had struggle with uh, terrible quarterback play from Drew Locke and some other uh, terrible uh, quarterbacks. It was was just an ugly season for the Broncos as a whole, let's be honest, but they're going to be a much better team. What I've seen from Locke and Bridgewater, it's improved from last season. And Cortland Sutton's back, but he doesn't quite look 100%. So Judy will be the wide receiver one to start the season. And I think he's talented enough that on a rejuvenated offense, he can maintain that role as the wide receiver one. You watch him after the catch. It's spectacular. It's really fun to watch him play football. If he can catch the ball, if a quarterback can throw him a good pass and he can catch it, He's off to the races. He's making people miss. He's one of the best wide receivers in the open field. And I think that Bridgewater, who supported uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel last year, is good enough to support Jerry Judy this year. And if he's not, then Drew Locke will be. One of those guys will be able to support them. This offense is going to be a lot better. We've got Javante Williams in the mix. The defense is good. It's just going to be a better year for the Broncos, and Jerry Judy will benefit massively. So uh, there are people who are pretty high on him, but there's a lot of the community that's still a little freaked out because of the drop issues they had, kind of like with with Deontay Johnson, where everyone kind of ignores everything else about him because he had some bad drops. But Jerry Judy, in the end of the seventh round, which is his current ADP, I am all in on Jerry Judy, profit-approved, drafting him every time. All righty. The last wide receiver on this list is Devontae Smith of the Eagles. Usually, I'm not super, super high on rookie wide receivers just because people come in with these crazy expectations for them. They expect them to pick up right where they left off in college and instantly be dominating uh, veteran cornerbacks. And it's pretty unrealistic. It usually takes them a little time. You have anomalies like Justin Jefferson who come in and Odell Beckham and just scorch the earth. But for the most part, that doesn't happen. But Devontae Smith's ADP is at a point where that concern is factored in. With with other rookies, sometimes there's like this hype and people forget that there's cause for concern. That hasn't happened with Smith. He has lots of cause for concern reflected as ADP 607. He's going middle of the sixth round. 
Uh, and he's arguably the best wide receiver in this draft class, arguably with Chase, I he, different types of players. But he is entering a system with a quarterback who I believe will be great this year. And he's entering a team where he instantly is probably going to be the best wide receiver on the roster. He will be the wide receiver one. And that's what's hard for rookies usually is to sh- uh, carve out that that sustainable role that provides fantasy value. Smith has it. He was drafted into the role. He doesn't really have to earn it. He can have a few drops and he's not going to get thrown off the field for uh, someone else because he was drafted into the wide receiver one role. So he will be on the field. Jalen Hurts, I believe in him as a passer. So if I believe Jalen Hurts is going to have, you know, a top three fantasy season, then logically speaking, Devontae Smith has to be really good (laughs) because uh, Hurts doesn't finish top three unless Devontae Smith does. They go together. And as confident as I am am in Hurts, I have to be equally confident in Smith. And given the ADP and the concerns that are kind of factored into where he's being drafted, Devontae Smith is a great draft pick. He is profit approved. All righty. Our final player on the profit approved podcast. This player is controversial. A lot of people don't really seem to like him. A lot of people are, are afraid of him because they're, he's not a, he's a running back and there's another running back in the backfield, like 95% of rosters. Anyways, Devont, uh, DeAndre Swift, middle of the fifth. He's profit approved. I'm going to roll the dice on the Lions running back. I've learned my lesson before, but obviously not enough. DeAndre Swift, I'm making him profit approved. He was one of the best running backs when he was on the field last year. He dealt with some concussions, some some other uh, situations. But when he was on the field, he was absolutely great running the ball. He was uh, a leader in yards per touch. Uh, He averaged uh, routinely 4.5 to 5 yards per carry. He had a nose for the end zone on 114 attempts. He found the end zone eight times. He's incredibly talented, and he's going to be on a very run-heavy team that has a good offensive line. And I know Jamal Williams is there, and Jamal Williams will take his work, but I don't think that will mean DeAndre Swift will be disappointing. My DeAndre Swift takes, I am factoring in that Jamal Williams exists. I'm not blind to that. And I say, ah, oh, Jamal Williams is there. He'll do his Jamal Williams things. Still, I'm, I love DeAndre Swift in the third round, middle of the third round. I love it. Because he showed us that he can finish as a top three guy against Jacksonville. 25 points, 8.3 yards per attempt and two touchdowns. He has that elite upside against Washington. A good run defense. He had 23 points. He showed us the upside is there. And I think in this offense, I think he will carve out a substantial role that will bring his floor up. That was the issue last year was his floor was low. The high upside, low floor not great situation, very risky play. This year, I think there's a higher floor and a really high ceiling, making DeAndre Swift a profit-approved running back in the third round. There you go. Honorable mention time. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is an honorable mention. I've talked about him on the TikTok. I think that he he could he has a chance to be really, really good this year. He's really talented. Uh, the offensive line is improved. 
basically the reason he's not profit approved, and I'm not going to talk about him a ton, is there's an injury, and I'm not really sure what the injury is right now and how severe it is and how much of a factor it will be this season. I have to talk to some doctors first uh, before I can make him profit approved. So I left him off the list, but honorable mention, throwing him out there. Another honorable mention, Chase Claypool. Uh, Chase Claypool has the physical attributes of an elite wide receiver one. He showed us the upside last year. The reason he's not on this list is I don't have enough confidence in Ben Roethlisberger to make him profit approved. But at his ADP, I like him a lot. So I'll say that. And then some profit approved uh, late round sleepers that I just want you all to keep your eyes on. Or or no, there was one more honorable mention, Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon was the honorable mention, uh, number three. I love Trey Sermon. I have him basically every league I've drafted. The talent's there. The opportunity should be there. The reason he's not profit approved is because I think there will be several weeks where he won't really score. Ricky Mostert is there. We have to wait for him to get hurt, basically. Uh, and that might be five, six, eight weeks into the season, at which point he's he can't be profit approved. He's a good, he's a good sleeper pick, and I think you should draft him, but I'm not going to make him profit approved if he's not carving out a substantial workload early on. And then two two sleeper wide receivers that I just want to throw out there because I like them a lot and I, I haven't really been talking about them. Rondale Moore and Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall of the... of the uh, um, Shoot, what's the team name? Panthers, yeah. Uh, the reason he's not profit approved is because I don't know if I believe in Sam Darnold yet. I believe in Terrence Marshall. I believe he's capable of being the number one wide receiver on this Panthers team, overtaking Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I think he's that talented. I'm not going to make him profit approved because there are too many question marks. It's not worth throwing him in here. And same with Rondell Moore. A lot of question marks on his usage, but as a player, he's talented enough. So those are kind of two profit approved players. But based on the situation, I'm not going to tell you you have to draft them. But stash them in all your leagues because I think those two players could really, really put up some fantasy points at some point this season. I don't really know when, but I, I believe in the talent enough. So yeah, there we go. That is the end of the Profit Approved Podcast for 2021. It's always bittersweet coming to the ending of this because, I don't know, this 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 is like the the big podcast. This is these are my players that I am supporting. I am backing this year. And they're more that I like. But these are the this is the list of 8, 10, 12, whatever it was, that I'm just fully invested in. And I own a ton of ton of shares in them and all across leagues. And I'm saying you should do the same. And whenever I do that, it's very scary. Because if these players bust, it's there's hard evidence of me saying draft them and then them being bad. So it's very scary, but also very rewarding when it does pan out. So I hope you enjoyed the 2021 Profit Approved Podcast. And I will see you on the next episode where we discuss uh, what we learned from preseason. Uh, make sure you give a five-star review and have a great start to your school year, most of you. And I will see you next time.